Here you are. You are on the path of awareness, and on this path, what you've discovered is that your personal trauma in your past has so much to do with who you are today, including what you want. What you've experienced is that if you become aware of this trauma and that you create resolve around it, you change. This also means what you desire changes, and it's here that you make a critical mistake. smart enough to see that if you heal your trauma, desires often change. So what you try to do is that you play this game in reverse. You see that you have a desire, but you believe that this desire, or the getting of it, is going to lead to some kind of pain, most especially the loss of relationships. So what you do is that you try to heal, you try to resolve the trauma, so that you don't have the desire anymore. Essentially, you try to process or heal yourself out of a desire. What you do not understand is that this is not how the universe works, and this approach often does nothing but make the desire stronger. I'll give you an example of this dynamic so it can make more sense. Imagine that a woman is raised in a family and a culture that has specifically taught her to be a wife and mother. Deep down, she always had a deep yearning to become a success for her own achievements. Not to have her success be all about what she does as a caretaker for other people so that they can succeed. So imagine that this woman gets married and she has a baby. She loves them both, but she still has this deep yearning for this personal achievement and success. Now obviously, she may look at this whole scenario and think, well crap, if I line up with that desire of mine, I'm not going to have a husband anymore. He's going to have such a big problem with it if he doesn't make my life hell 24 hours a day, making me feel guilty and etc. He's just going to leave me. And she may look at her child and think, you know what? I'm going to ruin that child's life because what he needs is a mother to be completely dedicated to him and what he wants. So, you know, be a terrible mother, have my own kid hate me, potentially have him not get the needs he needs met for his success. That sucks. That desire is going to lead to pain, right? Now she understands where this whole need of hers, this desire comes from. She understands that it comes from her family and her culture, where she was only ever bred to be an accessory for someone else's success. It was never something where she could be supported for her success. Now it's tempting for this woman, based off of thinking that this desire is going to lead to pain, to think about this. Maybe if I just resolve all of the trauma that I had there in my childhood with my life always being about someone else's success, then it's not going to be a desire for me to have personal success. Oh my god, I can just heal myself out of that desire. Basically, she thinks that if she just resolves this trauma, she's going to eventually feel amazing as a wife and mother. But this isn't really how desire works. In fact, the more that she tries to heal all of this trauma so as to not have the desire, that desire gets stronger and stronger. And in fact, it becomes harder and harder to feel satisfied in her position as wife and mother. The times that we tend to do this most is when something that we desire seems to be in direct opposition to the connections in our life. Social connections are everything for the physical human. It is a more important thing than even basics like food and water. Therefore, it's obvious and understandable why, when it seems like a desire of ours will threaten our connections, 
why we are so willing to get rid of the desire or why we're so desperate to heal out of it so we can want something else that enables there to be a good relationship there. This is even more amplified when the social group that we are in, whether it's a family or a culture or a society or whatever, leads us to believe that our desire is wrong. People have this idea that certain desires are bad and wrong and that if you desire them it means something bad about you. This is obvious to see when two people are facing the issue of incompatibility. When it becomes obvious that someone is incompatible to us, but we really want that relationship, what we end up doing here is that we try to make them wrong for what they want, or what they are. This creates shame in them, and then they start to deflect that shame. They start to make us wrong for what we are and what we desire instead. This is the way that we hope we can create change in the other person. So if they just see that it's bad and wrong about themselves and fix it and don't desire that thing anymore, finally we can have them and keep them with us. When we make the other person wrong for their desire, when it differs from our own, we come up with a reason why they're wrong for it and try to heal them out of it, basically out of that difference, and try to change it so it doesn't exist. Now, obviously it never works to approach somebody in this manner because the underlying message here is something about you is wrong and needs to be fixed. That's pretty much the opposite message from I love you. <laughs> so obviously the underlying tone in this type of a style of relationship is eventual demise because it's just a buildup of resentment and feeling unloved. It also doesn't work because you can't unwant something that you want. To understand more about this, you can watch my video that is titled Incompatibility, a harsh reality in relationships. Something that I'm very interested in having people accept is that you currently live in a time-space reality of contrast, otherwise known as polarities. What you desire is always going to be the byproduct of experiencing something unwanted. Sounds a lot like trauma. <laughs> Both personal expansion and the expansion of this universe is occurring as the result of desire. This means that you have to accept that desire always comes from the unwanted experience. At this point in our evolution, desire comes from trauma specifically. There isn't such a thing as a good desire and a bad desire. Anytime we judge a desire as bad and wrong, we really need to question this judgment and consciously look deeper into understanding the desire itself, as well as our resistance to it. Where people are accurately feeling a discrepancy relative to desire, is relative to people who actually want something different than what they think they want. Let me explain. For one man, he could want to be a multimillionaire because he wants that feeling of being financially free and that specific feeling of abundance that comes with knowing that he is the one that created that stream of income. For this man, being wealthy and therefore working for it in this way is his true desire. For another man, if he asks himself why he wants to be a multimillionaire, it is so that he can have women be interested in him because he wants a relationship so badly. Why does he want a relationship so badly? Because he's lonely and therefore wants connection and wants to be wanted. It is obvious then that he is not taking the direct route to getting what he really wants. He's finding a back road to get it in a roundabout way. Trying to make money will not feel good to him because it is a means to an end. If he accepted his true desire, he would probably go about getting it in a different way. His thoughts, words, and actions would change to be more in alignment with his actual desires. As a result of being more in alignment in this way, he will feel happier and achieve his desires faster. Keep in mind that people want things for mixed reasons sometimes, and that's okay. For example, 
in this previous scenario, a man could want to be a multimillionaire because he wants that feeling of being financially free and knowing that that stream of abundance has come through him and what he's creating. And also, he really wants a relationship with deep connection. If this is the case, it's going to be perfectly in alignment and feel good for him to work towards being a multimillionaire. And at the same time, he's going to be prioritizing having close relationships with people. When problems arise is when we convince ourselves we want something we don't want. Problems arise when what we are doing is just a means to an end or a strategy that we're using to get to what we really want. To understand this concept in depth, watch my video titled, If You Want to Be Happy, Don't Do This. Speaking of mixed reasons for wanting things, most strong desires are actually the result of mixed reasons for wanting that desire. Let me explain. Oh yeah, and by the way, we tend to judge certain reasons that we want something as shadowy. Somebody who considers themselves to be a healer may have the reasoning for being a healer that they love the feeling of watching someone feel better than they do already. Another reason might be that in making someone aware, you actually make yourself safer. Maybe in this person's childhood, they experienced someone's lack of awareness and unattunement to be the reason they got hurt over and over again. So if they can just make people as aware as possible and heal them from all of their trauma, they can finally be safe in the world. That's a really common pattern, by the way, that you'll see in healers. Notice your tendency to make this wrong because of where it comes from. The desire isn't wrong. It simply suggests that where the focus needs to be is on what can be done to feel safe in social situations. When a person looks at this as a reason behind why they are desiring to heal people, right? Maybe they'll discover that the real problem being feeling safe socially means doing something completely different and direct. Maybe it actually does mean making people more aware and helping them to heal so that this world is safer. Maybe that's the empowering step. What really makes somebody safe in terms of their reasonings for a desire is if they're conscious of them. It's a very different thing when someone's conscious of the fact that one of their motives for healing is so that they can try to make the world safer to live in for themselves than for somebody who subconsciously has that motive but just keeps telling you, I just love helping people. I just love it. At this point, again, it's important to correct some of the vernacular that is making there be a confusion here. In the consciousness community, the word shadow is used for two different things. Shadow, something someone's unaware of. That's the first thing. Second, shadow, something that's bad or wrong or out of alignment about someone. If I had my way, as you guys know from previous episodes, I really wish we could change this vernacular because it's creating a lot of confusion. If something that a person is thinking, saying, or doing is not in alignment with their desires, well-being, or perhaps the well-being of others, this pattern of being out of alignment in some way is most often what people call someone's shadow. I would rather this be called someone's misalignment. The reason is that so often when I'm trying to get people to be aware of their shadows, there's an implication that your shadow is always bad and wrong. It's not, because shadow is really just what you're unconscious of. It could be amazing things you're totally unaware of as well. So if we could change this vernacular within our community, I would love that. And we all have to be aware that if we perceive that somebody is actually in a state of misalignment somehow, 
What's often happening there is not that they're out of alignment. It's actually that they're misaligned with our desire for them. Now, our desire for somebody is really about our desire for ourselves. So what's actually happening here, if you want to dive deeper into the subject that I'm going to go into in this video, is that often when we perceive somebody else to be misaligned, what's actually happening is that what they're misaligned with is our overlay. To understand this in depth, watch my video titled Overlay, What Prevents You From Having a Real Relationship. When we come out of this overlay state that we're in so that we can actually see where someone's actual alignment is instead of our judgment about something being misaligned, meaning that we can accurately perceive what their desires and best interests are, sometimes we have to face the very real fact that their desires are in the opposite direction of our own. This is what incompatibility is all about. The better you get at actually honing in on your desire, the easier it will be to understand what direction to go in order to actualize that desire. It'll be much easier to interpret what the best course of action is that will yield the best results. So, what I want you to do with this is to ask yourself why relative to any desire you have and keep asking it and keep asking it so that you can whittle down what you desire to its most basic and essential self. Here's an example. Let's say you're conscious that you want a good job. Ask yourself why. The answer may be so you can make lots of money and be successful. Ask yourself why you want to make lots of money and be successful. The answer may be so other people start taking you seriously. So ask yourself why you need other people to start taking you seriously. The answer may be so that they will see you as worthy of connecting with. This exercise may prove to you that what you really want is to feel like people want to connect with you and value you. Obviously, if you know that, you may go about getting that in a different way. You may even see that the way you would try to get that experience would give you the opposite feeling. Because in trying to get a good job so that other people will value you, it proves you don't have value and they don't value you as a person. Maybe if you do enough healing on that feeling that you can't be valued for who you are, separate of what you do, you will choose not to take a job which is held in high societal esteem. Or guess what? It could also be the case that when you look at this whole pattern and look at what you're really wanting, you will still take a job that is considered to hold high societal esteem. However, you will be doing this not because or so that this particular career gets you that value. You'll be doing it for another reason entirely. Authenticity is the most crucial thing to live in alignment with, especially relative to your desires. Because I'm going to tell you the honest truth about desire. Even if you want to, you cannot avoid it. You cannot unwant something that is wanted. It is not actually possible. Now sometimes, if somebody sees a trauma that might have led to a desire that they have and they focus on the resolution of that trauma, their desire may change. But guess what? It's just as much likely that if you see that trauma and resolve the trauma, the desire intensifies. Essentially, they just come at that desire with a completely different energy and from a completely different angle. We could consider it a more in alignment angle, but they still have the same damn desire. For this reason, I suggest that you watch my video titled, How to Be Authentic. I also never want you to forget something. The experiencing of something that is wanted is often the thing that is necessary to create the healing in the first place.
when we're into the awareness work, we tend to think that all it's going to take is us mentally and emotionally going through this process, and that nothing actually has to happen in the physical. But sometimes it is the actual experience of the opposite of whatever our trauma is that creates the healing. To understand healing in depth as well as this concept that pertains to the experiencing of what you want, no matter if the desire comes from trauma or not, is the only thing that will actually heal the trauma, watch my video titled, What is Healing? Desires are always being amended. Desire is always evolving. It is a no-end-game type of a state. Now, the faster that you can understand this, the easier your life will be. Because for thousands of years, desire has been made the enemy. Desire is not the problem. It's all of the things that are opposing desire that are the problem. It's your beliefs, especially the belief that going in the direction of a certain desire will only lead to pain. Or that I can't have it no matter how much I want it. You will never find a sweet spot in life where you have achieved everything you ever wanted and therefore you feel awesome all the time and desire nothing else. The reason you want that end state is because you associate pain with wanting. What if the only way to not be in pain relative to wanting is to release your resistance to wanting in general and to the things you're wanting? You have one option in this universe. It is to line up with what is wanted. Some people try to get around this by wanting what is. That's okay if it's genuinely all you want. But the sooner that you will just understand and accept that wanting is never going to end, and that the minute you achieve something, you will want something else, and the more you resolve your resistance to what you want so you can line up with it and quickly, the less pain you will feel around wanting. It may be the case that when we discover a trauma and work to resolve that trauma that our desires change, but we have no idea if they're going to change or what they're going to change into. All that will happen as a result of healing is that we will become more authentic to who we really are and what we really want. For this reason, and even though it's a terrifying thing to accept, you cannot process and heal yourself out of a desire. You cannot heal yourself so that you don't have a specific desire. You can't heal someone else so that they don't have a specific desire. Because this is not healing at all. What this is, is resisting a desire. Have a good week.